Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Welcome back to our enlightening podcast series with Tamir Sage Glass. In part 3, we venture into the AI frontier, exploring the profound impact of artificial intelligence on education, the job landscape, and the next generation. Tamir's insights on the transformative role of coding and the ethical considerations surrounding AI left us inspired to embrace the future of knowledge and innovation. But our journey doesn't end here. As we transition into part 4, get ready to dive even deeper into the exciting world of AI and robotics through coding with Tamir SH Glass and Andrew Liu. In this episode, we'll uncover the transformative power of coding and computational thinking in the rapidly evolving realm of AI and robotics. Tamir and Andrew will share invaluable strategies for building complex systems, problem solving, and fostering a love of learning. Their advice for fresh graduates looking to stand out in the tech industry and for equipping children with essential skills for the future will inspire you to embrace coding as a gateway to limitless opportunities. So, fasten your seatbelts for another enlightening conversation that will propel you towards a future of boundless possibilities. Part 4 promises to provide you with practical insights and valuable advice for navigating the dynamic world of AI and robotics through coding. Don't miss out on this empowering episode with Tamir SH Class and Andrew Liu. Tune in now and unleash the power of AI and robotics through coding. You suddenly got me thinking about, yeah, I'm aligned with you in the sense that, yeah, for simple application, perhaps communicating with ChatGPT or a large language model, they're able to construct it in a very simplified, possible way and manner. But when the system gets very large, let's say, asking them to build a banking system or asking them to build the aircraft systems where it flights, that's a very complicated structure. And that requires a lot of first principle and breaking down of thinking, which, yes, you can get ChatGPT or large language, but you have to break it down and by breaking it down, it's actually a form of constructions of thinking. And that construction of thinking, coding, or I can call it computational thinking, like how to communicate to the large language model or robots or AI to think like communicating because they, they think in terms of computation. Human beings, the way we human beings is think is broad, it depends on what school of thought that we are taught. If you are taught in being like being a social person and we will communicate the social human base, we are taught to interact with computer. We need to learn how to talk to computer. So like reading is just basically a way of understanding languages from different people from of, of different kinds. Right? Whereas coding could be adopting a computational thinking of how do I enable the robot or AI to really understand me better to construct all this, like you say, constructionism, building more complex structure because AI and robot is just like a knife or a, a hammer, right? If you just 
dampening, you can't really do it. But if you know how to slice and chive with the knife, you want to construct something different. Now, the other interesting fact is, why do we think that, my view is why having learning coding helps? Because when you start to build very complex structure and when you start to build a car, you know, ethical grounds, ethics, moral, how do you get to train a car to say, do you drive and you suddenly see a, a donkey or see a human being? Where do you serve? Do you put the brakes and endanger yourself or do you serve to the right and just hit the donkey but you don't kill the human beings? Where the ethical ground, the ethical reasoning to programming into large, such a large complex system so that the you know, AI or the robot serve the human and because that one, you, you can't tell the, the robot to say, hey, decide for me. They're, they're probably going to decide like, what's the faster, efficient way to go from point A to point B and just, just kill the guys at the front, right? Back to build on that quickly, just yeah. to say, I think one of the key things that coding does is it teaches you how to think. It, it forces you to lay out your thinking step by step and create algorithms and computational models of just how the world works, which just improves your ability to solve problems as a human. Yes, it definitely helps to solve problems and so it, it, it really teach people how to learn. And so coming back to the next question, as in there's a lot of uh, fresh graduate, they're coming out and this year we are experiencing a recession even up to next year. And so they are, have a heightened sense of anxieties and worry. And if they want to go and take a job in the tech industry, what is your tips or what is your view and advice for them? Yeah, I, I think so much to dive into the I think one low hanging fruit that I think more students should be doing is building portfolios the CVs that we end up getting from fresh college grads or even um, experienced workers end up being they just lack some sort of entrepreneurial spirit they lack a illustration that I have self-identified a problem I self-identified a solution and I created something on my own to do this just that is such a factor for me when I'm looking at a CV to be like, should I speak to this person or not? And I find it to be a pretty rare thing while it being a very low hanging fruit, because like you've got so many problems around you, especially if you're technical, like you also then have so many means to solve those. And it's so much fun. So the biggest piece of advice for tech is build a portfolio of projects, look at problems around you and create solutions for them and open source of solutions. Put it up on GitHub. Document your thinking on why you did this the way you did. That if if a graduate came up to me and said, look, I got a hundred percent on math, or here are three projects that I built, all with my thinking laid out on why I built these projects and the step-by-step -step approach I took, that graduate is going to get the the interview nine times out of ten over ten got a hundred percent in math. The next one is a bit trite or in the sense of you, you've heard it before and it's wisdom that has been said a million times, but love what you do. I think especially in a world where everything is changing so much, you need to, and zooming back as well to what we're talking about previously on learning to learn being the most important thing. In one of the prerequisites of learning to learn is that there needs to be a motivation. Yes. If I hate, let's say any given a subject, I don't know, for example, for me, drawing, I am just not good at drawing or anything artistic. But and if I was studying drawing and then I started to put myself in the mindset, oh, sh damn, I need to adapt now and a new form of drawing is out and I need to learn this form of drawing, I'm not going to want to do it because it doesn't, there's no joy in it. There's no inherent self-driven motivation. 
but for me, I love coding. I love tech. And there's a, even if I wasn't doing work in it, I would be learning about new languages or technologies just because there is something innately curious about it. And so for these graduates that are then looking at this as the most important thing is to actually enjoy what you're doing and be naturally curious about it. Because if you're naturally curious about it, if you naturally enjoy it, you're going to be in such a better position to learn new things as they change, adapt to challenges as they come up. And you'll be able to figure out an avenue or a path on how to make that successful, on how you'd be able to make a, a meaningful career from what you know. It's interesting. I think it's very useful because like my viewers also along the line with what you're thinking, because as like for fresh graduates of people who are in mid-career trying to differentiate themselves, with chat GPT, people can just write any resume that fits the job description, right? And so there will be a hundred resume and hundred people to interview. Who do you interview? Everybody seems to write the same thing because now chat GPT is doing a split second, right? And it's only through talking to the person that you discover, hey, what actually drives you to do this job? Or what actually drives you to join my company? And the moment they can say, say for Stripe Map, like, oh, actually, I read about you guys. You guys really into teaching kids on how to code. I've been learning to play with kids and learning to see how kids learn. And that drives me to want to be part of it. Then you are able to see that is that long-term differentiator because that is intrinsically stronger than ChatGB write me a resume, ChatGB tell me how to talk to an uh, interviewer so I can get a job because that doesn't sustain in the long run, right? What is your thought on that? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. A, a quote comes to mind here, goes along the lines of, he who has a why can bear any how. And it's a classic thing on focus on why. And if your why is strong enough, it doesn't matter the challenge that you'll be facing. You're going to be able to solve that challenge and overcome that. And that's just evidently true in the way that we've been looking at people that we want to work with or people that we want to hire. So we want to hire passionate people who their why is related to education. Their why is related to making education more joyful and meaningful because one, just the energy in the company, the energy amongst your colleagues, the energy amongst the people around you is just going to create this positive snowball effect where people are going to want to come up to work. They're going to feel energized. But two, we also know that they're going to be able to overcome challenges as, as they come up in the job. And so that's true of any workplace, whether that be in finance or law or medicine. If you're able to really connect with a grander why of what you're doing, you're going to be able to overcome challenges so much better and be able to just communicate your ability to provide value to the place that you're looking to get into in a much more impactful way. Cool. And talking about that, like it, it takes a lot to find a purposeful like leader and business leader, even parents who wants the best for the kids from a purpose-driven perspective. So what would be your tips and advice for business leaders or parents interested to start digital education or digital transformation with kids and school so that they are ready for the future? Yeah. Parents, number of simple and self-driven answer, a little bit or biased answer. Sign your kids up for coding. I think it is an incredibly important skill. Check out strivemaths.com. But of course, there are hundreds of other examples and places that might be a better fit for your kid. Maybe so or other coding providers. But I think giving your kids access to a technical education is really important. I think the other piece of advice I would give parents here 
is, and, and it relates back to the conversation we we're having previously on how can parents adapt to this? Like, given the education system is out of date, but we have an existing system which benefits you getting top math marks, how do you navigate this? I think one of the most impactful things you can do for your kid, not only in the sense of giving them real world applicable skills, but even getting them to do better at the existing academics is to instill a love of learning in your kid. It's to instill a joyful attitude towards learning. The reason being is that you look at the way a lot of kids are taught or pushed to taught is that it's very pressure-driven. It's, you've got to perform better in tests. Kids' entire self-worth starts to become intertwined with their academic performance. And I think this is a large extent why we have a lot of, I'm not a math person, because it's, I didn't do well in this one test. My entire self-worth is based off of my academic marks here. That isn't an environment that the kid is going to fall in love with the process of learning. I'll give a really real example. I used to be bad at maths. Like, when I was in grade five and six, I was getting like 50% and 70% for math on different things there. If luckily, I think my parents were quite lenient. They were quite, they weren't very dogmatic. You've got to get better marks. So it gave me breathing. What happened in grade eight is I came across an incredible teacher. I had a teacher that inspired me and was like, oh, and he was able to just communicate math in a way that made sense to me. And all of a sudden, I started, I, didn't, I am a math person. And then I, I started getting 80s, 90s, went into engineering, et cetera. Just because of this one teacher and because I didn't have math anxiety. Had my parents put a lot of pressure on me in grade five to be like, you've got to do better in math and pushed and pushed and pushed me down a wrong path. I don't think any teacher would have been able to correct that. And I could have spent my entire life thinking I'm not a math person. And I think that does, that is what happens. Kids progress at different levels. Their brain changes at different ages. We can't necessarily predict the things that are going to enable them to thrive. But creating a very pressureful environment isn't one that is going to create an environment where they will ever thrive. Creating an environment where I think is driven by like joy and self-driven and self-interest. Have to find the balance. Like I know that this is hard, like but my kid has to do well, but there needs to be some balance to what is currently given on, on the a very test-driven mindset, but finding some balance on joy, falling in love with learning, I think will only serve kids better of getting better academic performance today and not only set them up for, for success later in giving them better and applicable skills. There's a whole lot of things that I really want to talk to you, but I guess we are coming running out of time. So let's go down to the like last question and then maybe if the audience say we want more, I'll, let's do another one. Your last question is, since you have given so much to the audience to really understand how AI going to change the future of work, education, advice to getting them to start using coding, to learn the joy of love, to, to have the growth mindset. What will be your ask for people listening to this podcast show? What is it that you want to more customer, more talent, more ecosystem to tell Ask the universe. And what, what is it? Yeah. Simple one for parents is if you have a kid between the ages of 8 and 16, check out Swift.com to try out a class to see if strivers and coding is the right fit for your kid. Usually we charge for a class, but what we'll do for just your viewers, Andrew, is that we'll give them a free trial class. So if they just use the code, I'll send this to you as, as well after, is they use the code like on the checkout page, they'll get a, a free trial class and they won't need to pay. For schools, if there's anyone from related to or connections to schools, we'd love to 
partner and do any kind of workshops or presentations at your school. A lot of the similar stuff here that we've talked about on instilling a love of learning, coding education, technical education, AI, would love to, to work together on any of those. For any business leaders that might be listening to this, we have an employee benefit program where you could offer our coding classes to parents of your company. So please reach out my email, tamir at strivemap.com and would love to, to talk to you about offering, offering our classes to, to your employees. Great. We have come to the end of the podcast. Let me just click up, stop on this recording. And then one second, I think, where do I do that? Okay, so it's... Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We have come to the end of part four with Tamir Esage. And this is the end of the podcast series with Tamir Esage. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon. Thank you.